Welcome back, Rage Nation. Got myself Pete here. That's yeah. not really exciting. You got Senior Dixon. I don't think that's appropriate. And you got Monsieur Leopard. Explorers deserved it. No. Absolutely. I was disgusted. I cannot believe they've done this. Why is wacky? Why is that good? It's just nonsense. I disagree on that. That's not possible. <laughs> We're getting the band back together. We're on a mission. Yeah. Now, now we've got a whole new list of things to complain about. Welcome back, Rage Nation. We are at it again. Got myself Pete here and going solo with this one, and that's okay. What we're going to do today is we're actually coming up on Thanksgiving tomorrow. I wanted to uh, definitely get this out so I could be thankful, and I could also release some content that people would enjoy while they're maybe like traveling, um, seeing family. But basically, I'm going to just give a quick thank you. And then after that, I'm going to go ahead and talk about balancing specifically Malifaux. Um, some ideas I have, I'm not as technical as some people that would talk about this, but I do have a lot of experience with other games that I feel like can really be beneficial to the conversation. I've been playing a lot of games for a long time. Um, I still play other games and definitely some things I've noticed that I want to go through. And I didn't feel like I needed to bring on a guest for that, um, mainly because I wanted to compact this into um, kind of my thoughts and then maybe next episode when we have people back on we'll uh, we'll kind of go into it a little further but before we get into that I wanted to uh, make sure that if you want to check out our content we're on Twitter uh, you can check us out on discord there's usually things going back and forth on discord uh, and then finally if you want to support us directly you can do that at patreon.com slash ragequitwire you can support us for a little as a dollar. And if you want to, we have a chat for these live episodes that we record and you can chat on the side, just like I got my boy, Nick Westbrook chatting in the chat right now. Um, I think we can have roughly about five in that chat. We haven't gotten to that number yet because um, sometimes it's hard for our patrons to line up when I record because I do it so sporadically. I don't have a set day or time I record. So yeah, that's a great perk for patrons. Uh, we give them content early. That way they can enjoy it before everybody else. And then once we're done recording this, because our patrons support us, um, yeah, we put this on YouTube. We have video recording. I put cards and stuff with it. That way people can enjoy that and kind of see more of the facial expressions as we talk about these uh, topics. And we got Clay joining us. So glad to have you in there too, Clay. Clay's awesome. Met him in, uh, met him in Houston. Had a great time. Um, Clay usually hops on here when he can, and I know Clay will enjoy hearing talking about some of these balancing things um, that Nick and I were kind of chatting about before we recorded. And that's another cool thing about being a patron. You get to see the before and after conversations that happen while we're recording. Uh, sometimes it's a little spicier on the back end, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. So before we get into the balancing thing and comparing kind of other games to Malifaux, I did want to talk first about just being thankful. I think it's important, especially in kind of this state of time and place that I think people do need to be more grateful. They need to show more grace for things that are given to them and things that opportunities that present themselves. And I do realize that 
the Malifaux community is very tight knit. I do realize that Malifaux is, is a very unique and fun game. And I just, I am thankful for not just the patrons um, that support the Rage Quit Wire, because I think a lot of them would support us no matter what game we do. But I do want to also thank the broad community just to say, we appreciate you downloading, subscribing, talking, conversing, and just being a part of this podcast. It was something that uh, myself and Chris Ewan started roughly about five years ago. We did it centered around Guild Ball. And it really started as just a dozen people just kind of listening to random stuff we had to say. And as we built up kind of our, you know, portfolio of gaming and podcasting info, made some connections, talked with some companies, we were able to really become a better podcast. And it's not always as technical as some people would like it. But we know people appreciate the candor, appreciate the emotion and the care that we put into our content. And we always, always want to do and give the community what they want um, from our lens. So, and I think people are honestly happy with that most time because they know, you know, if I want super broken down, you know, stats, if I want super detailed content on which models are better than X model or Y model. They know they're not going to get that here. It's going to be more of a general feel. I always fly by the seat of my pants. I'm never going to do an in-depth analysis on the numbers. Um, but it's one of those things where, you know, I'm just very appreciative that there's a, there's a, a niche and a group that likes our content. And we've also tried to fill in some gaps. Uh, I know when, uh, third Floor War stopped doing Malfo content. I, I know there was a huge gap there. They always did a great job providing consistent content to the Malfo community. So no matter what I've had going on, I've always thought that I owed the community at least semi-consistent content. Um, I think the past two years I've been doing Malfo on podcast. I don't think there's been much more than maybe two to three weeks where I haven't released something. I try to do it at least within 10 days to give content. And I think that's that's something that oh, deserves the wrong word, but I, I, I want to show that appreciation and, and thankfulness and grace to give that to the community um, for supporting us and being open and, and bringing us in. So thank you to everybody, especially thank you to the patrons. Uh, can't, can't just say, you know, thanks to everybody. The patrons do support the podcast. It allows us to do this video content. Uh, I mean, the way things are, if, if the patrons didn't support the podcast, we, I would have shut it down a long time ago. It's just, it's not, it's not something that I can, I can do just to do the software and time and effort does take up time that would be spent other, you know, other places, the money would be going other places. So, um, yeah, definitely the patrons are a big part of it. <laughs> so Clay, Clay said showing a little more grace is maybe not the most on-brand thing I've ever said on this podcast. And I, I definitely recognize that. Um, I've actually tried to get better with kind of my temper and my um, hard feelings on things. And as you guys will see here when we're talking about these games, you'll, you'll kind of see why, especially if you're a long-term listener of the podcast. Uh, yeah, because that is something that I... And it, it probably... If you haven't noticed or if I haven't talked to you about it, I have gotten more religious just in my personal life. 
And of course, that's going to spill into the podcast as far as me not, I'm not trying to swear as much and I'm not trying to, you know, be irrational and crazy all the time. So I'm trying to tone that down, but still trying to still put the, uh, put the feels into it just in a more focused, focused content, um, focused way. I can still be ticked off, but doing a not as egregious mode, I guess, which I never got too crazy anyways. It was usually Chris complaining about explorers getting nerfed. So, <laughs> but let's go ahead and get into it. Let's talk about balancing a little bit. So there's a couple of things and I did want to put the thankful part first because I know talking about this these balancing issues, it's going to sound like I'm complaining a lot, um, but I'm going to provide some ways to fix it. So I want to keep, want you to keep that in mind while I'm talking about some of these problems Malifaux and other games have. I do want you to keep in mind that I am going to provide some like, hey, here's how we can kind of address some of these issues. Um, and I, I do think I was talking with Nick before we hit record and just spoiler alert, this, this could be a great opportunity to move into a fourth edition. And I think that would actually put Malifaux in a better spot, especially if they make some of these changes that I'm suggesting. Not that I'm saying like all my ideas are great because obviously they're not. But if a common kind of middle of the road gamer like me is thinking about stuff like this, it's something that a company would want to think about before they see a bunch a mass exodus. And I've been a part of people leaving games before. I've been a part of people joining games before. There's reasons why people leave and join. And I observe a lot of that as I go through the process. So um, just kind of keep that in mind as we go through. It's not necessarily just complaining. It's about like, hey, we, we're noticing something. Let's see what the problems are and let's try to fix it. Um, so the first thing that I think Malifaux needs to decide is what is it going to be? Is it going to be like Games Workshop where it's a model company and it's selling just really cool kits and you want to buy them because they're cool and you're a hobbyist and you want to paint them up, make dioramas. So that's something that they could do. They could. And honestly, that's what it kind of feels like when they're releasing six new keywords. I'm like, do we really need six new keywords or are you just doing that because you need to make money off of really cool models? Um, so they need to decide which one they're going to be. Are they going to be a gaming company or are they going to be a modeling company? And I mean, Games Workshop blatantly says, even in their, you know, reports, their, their share owners of the uh, company, that they're a modeling company. They very rarely mention gaming in their whole manifesto of how we're going to make money. So I think Weird needs to decide that. They need to say, okay, we're going to be like that. Or are we going to focus more on the gaming part of it? Uh, and that that would look more like, I mean, War Machine was a gaming company. They made models, but it was to do competitive gaming, generally speaking. Guild Ball was the same way. Guild Ball is the, is the example of a competitive game uh, where, yes, they had cool models, but it was to promote and to play in this competitive environment. And that's where it thrived. And that's what drew a lot of people to that game. So Malifaux needs to make that decision. Uh, you can have a mix of both, but you have to be you have to be careful when you do that because, as we're going to see, I think Malifaux was kind of a both, right? They started off as having these kind of weird models, and then they created a game, and now there's tournaments around it, and people want it balanced, but they also want more models because they need to make money. Uh, so we'll look into that which one they want to be. I mean, honestly, if if I look into it 
you don't need to balance it if you're going to be a modeling company. If you are a company that says we're just putting out models and yeah, sure, there's a game attached to it. You don't have to balance the game because I think naturally it'll kind of work its way out and the competitive scene might look like a yard sale and a train wreck, kind of like 40K for Warhammer. I think that's a pretty big train wreck right now just because I don't think Games Workshop has competitive people maybe developing the rule set for these. So yeah, Weird needs to figure it out. I think it's a mix. I think they are a model company and they're trying to, through beta testers, trying to make it where it's also a gaming company. I'm not always a huge fan of beta testers, but you have to do that when you're a smaller company. So that can be tough because I can be a beta tester and yeah, I'm a gamer, but I'm not a developer. I don't, I don't know how to effectively balance models off of each other. And even developers mess that up lots and lots of times. So that's kind of one of the first issues that, that we're just got to keep in mind is what is Malifaux supposed to be? Is it a gaming company or is it a model company? Um, but if we do need to balance it, if we are going to balance because we know it's going to be competitive play, we want a competitive environment, it does need to be balanced. So here's some of the problems that I think Malifaux specifically has, but other games have as well, right? So first off, with Malifaux, we do have eight factions. Now, eight factions is fine. I don't think that's overwhelming. I could see Malifaux, if they continue with the problems we're going to kind of put out there, I can see them adding new factions just to put something new cool. They did this with the Explorers. Uh, that was a new faction that you know, came out just a year and a half ago. And honestly, some people think it's cool and bought it up and lots of people bought into it because it's new. And I'm sure Weird made a good amount of money off of it. I'm not crazy about Explorers. I could have played this game and had just as much fun without them. So I, that might not be popular with people that love the Explorers, but I'm just kind of like, meh, I mean, sure. More humans doing human things. Cool, you got Jedza. All right. It's like, it didn't feel too different to me. I think the only one that I thought was cool out of everything that came out of that Explorers book was English Ivan. I think English Ivan plays differently and kind of the idea of these shadows was kind of cool. Uh, Jed's, I guess, kind of does. I mean, they all do unique things, right? But I feel like Ivan was the one where it's like, ah, cool. This is something different. I, I like kind of what, what this is, the shadows and kind of going in between the shadow realm and, and the mortal realms kind of cool. But with these eight factions, I did some loose math. This isn't exact, right? But out of the factions, I counted the Bayou models and it was roughly about 90 individual model or cards. So this means that there were 90-ish cards of masters, titles, minions, you know, all that stuff. And so if we have 90 cards for the eight factions, we're talking about somewhere up up of like 700 different models in this game that have a card, that have a model. And that's a lot. For a skirmish game, that is a lot. Uh, I like to compare this to a game like Guild Ball. So, I mean, obviously I played a ton of Guild Ball, so I'm really familiar with it. So Guild Ball had what, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. So before the dark times, they had 10 factions, okay? But in each of those factions, I mean, they only had, what, maybe 14 models? 14 or 16 models. 
So they had more factions, but they had a more limited selection. They had 160 models. Now, obviously, that was before the minor guilds, but they didn't finish those out, so I'm not counting them all. And even then, that was only six, six extra models. So the reason why I point that out is because when you have a skirmish game and you have so many different combinations, it is so hard to balance that. I mean, you have to think, especially when you have a card that looks like this, and you can see all these abilities on the front, you can see the stats. On the back, you can see all the abilities, or sorry, all the actions. It's a lot. And I have to balance this with 90 other models in the faction who all have abilities, who all have actions. Some of them are static. Some of them you have to activate. Some of them requires an action. And that can be, I would say, almost impossible to balance in a lot of situations. It's one of those things where you won't know it's a problem until somebody tries it after it's been released. And then all of a sudden, like, holy crap, this is so freaking good. And it makes it terrible to balance. Whereas, I mean, I look at something, once again, going back to Guild Ball, they had a lower model count. They had more factions. And their cards, that's, that's the stuff you could do, right? So these are the things that you could pay to do. You had the stats on the front. I know if you never played Guild Ball, this doesn't mean much. And then on the back are the abilities or character traits, they call them. So this is something that I want you to just kind of compare in your mind where it's like, okay, you have all this stuff and all this stuff. Generally speaking, when I play a game, if they have a bigger card, one, it makes it more complex, which is one of the things I love about Malifo. I love how complex the game is. But the thing you have to think about is when you add complexity, it makes it harder to balance. You're not thinking about necessarily every single interaction and how it could play off of each other. Because I have to compare, once again, this card I have to put against 90 other cards and make sure that something isn't busted, it's not gonna happen. Whereas this, I have to compare this with 16 other cards. And that's with the big factions, the smaller factions, some of them only had like 13. And I have to balance this with this. And they still messed up, right? Guild Ball would still mess up. So kind of going back into this idea of cards, because we have Von Schill, and then we have a game like Age of Sigmar, this is all that, this is the card. There's all that's on the back is fluff and point cost. This is the card for Age of Sigmar for this unit. You can see exactly what's on it. You know what these symbols are. You know what the armor, the bravery, the attacks are. You know what the movement is. And it's all right here. Same thing with Guild Ball. I could play games, both these games, I could play without even looking at the rule book, without even knowing you know, what some of these things were. Once you knew what the icons meant, and there's not a lot of them, because it tells you in there what it does. So you could just play with the cards. You didn't even need to look at the rule book. But you get into Malifaux, and you get into games like Age of Sigmar, which I'm sorry, Age of Sigmar I'm having fun with, that's a problem. Like, <laughs> I have to, I'm almost reading, you know, two pages of rules here, just trying to figure out how this Plague Priest is going to work and how I'm going to do the attacks, right? On the simpler units, yeah, it's better. 
And this is a funny thing. Age of Sigmar actually cleaned up its rules quite a bit after they reset. Um, so it's actually probably easier to play now than it was back when it was Warhammer Fantasy, uh, which is good, but there's still a lot of complexity when your card is that big. So I know one thing that I would encourage, I'll get, never mind, I'll get into what I'm, my recommendations would be. I'm just pointing out, you look at the card and you look at the number of models, it's hard to balance that out, right? It's hard to do that. And you can tweak it and there's always going to be something popping up and there's always going to be a boogeyman on the scene. Going into it more, not only do we have issues with these abilities and these actions, we also have issues with the number of conditions, markers, and triggers. So not only do I have on this card all this crap going on, but also there's triggers for attacks. So somebody can say, cool, I'm going to shoot you with my uh, custom clockwork rifle. There's a trigger on that. I'm going to smack you with my clockwork arm. There's two triggers on that. If I don't know what those triggers do, I can't respond appropriately in the game. Or those triggers can really make things OP, make things overpowered. So I'm sorry, I'm probably the minority here. I hate triggers in Malifaux. I hate that there's so many different ones. And I hate how feel bad it can be with some of those triggers. I think, honestly, triggers need to be reduced to balance the game and make it simpler, to better balance the game and make it more enjoyable, in my opinion. The trigger, the number of triggers need to go down. Um, I don't think there should be models that have four triggers. There's a handful of them. For each suit, they have a trigger. I think max probably something should have one, maybe two triggers max. And there shouldn't be any built in. Just take that right out. Built-in suits just aren't a thing. Just don't make them a thing, okay? And that'll play a little bit more to the randomness or the fact that you have to use stones. It'll make something, especially with crit strike, built-in crit strikes, ridiculous. Um, I know there's people that argue that crit strike shouldn't even be on like a henchman or master or somebody who can stone um, because triggers are powerful. That's why you look at um, Bashel, you look at Dashel 2, the fact that his minions can stone is so ridiculous. And then they get a shield condition. So not only are you getting this powerful ability usually reserved for henchmen and masters, now you're getting that on minions and you get a shield condition off that as well. Um, the number of conditions, I think there probably are too many conditions in the game. It's just, and a lot of times that can really lead to a controlling negative play experience for players. And not only that, you have all these different types of markers. You have shadow markers, you have scrap markers, you have corpse markers, you have scheme markers, you have strap markers. And that's not even half of them, right? That can create such a, there's just so much crap on the board. Like there's, when you look at a game of Malifaux, there's usually about seven models per side. So 14 models. And it's usually littered with crap. You usually have all sorts of markers. You have all sorts of, you know, pyre markers and traps. And you have all these scraps. And it's just, it looks like somebody puked on the table. And that's not uncommon. And then not only that, you're, 
your tracking conditions. So you have crap ton of, which can be cool and complexity is cool, but it, it's hard to balance because I can look at, you know, one of these abilities and I can look at all these actions on this Von Schill card. But all of a sudden I'm like, oh, wait, if I combine this now with a pit trap marker, or now if I combine this with, you know, this type of terrain, or if I combine this, it it is so overwhelming for new players that I think, honestly, you're cutting, when you try to do a demo for somebody on Malifaux, I think you're cutting at least half the players that would be interested in playing the game when they see the complexity of the game. It is overwhelming and it is so hard for a newer player to grasp. I was a seasoned gamer when I started playing Malifaux, right? I played Guild Ball, Hordes, War Machine, Warhammer, 40K, D&D. I played all these games. I've been gaming, you know, since I was in middle school, which is a long time now. (laughs) I'm not going to say the years, but I've been gaming for that amount of time. And I had to sit back and I had to soak in Malifaux. I had to go, I'm just going to focus on attacking and moving. Okay. I didn't even worry about the abilities on the front of card. When I do a demo, I don't even act like the front of card abilities exist. I'm like, let's just punch each other. Okay. Then after about three games, I'm like, cool. Now let's add in some of these abilities Another three games. Cool. Let's go ahead and build out to, you know, a full crew. Cool. How do these interact with each other? Oh, now there's strats and schemes I got to focus on. Oh, now there are these markers I got to put on the board. Oh, now I got to worry about what my opponent's crab does. It took me probably about six months before I felt like I could even record an episode about Malifaux because it was so complex. I had to lean on bringing people on to talk about it because I was not comfortable. Two years in, actually, that's here almost three years in now, I feel comfortable enough to talk about this stuff because I know how it interacts, right? I know how the cards are. I have a lot of the information down. I know what it does. It's easy, but it's so hard to get people into Malifaux right now because I feel like the gate is so hard to open for new players. I think if you have somebody who has never played a tabletop game, and I know there are exceptions, like obviously boy Jeremy up in North Carolina, he got into it and loved it. But I think it's so hard for somebody with little gaming experience to play this game. I wouldn't even demo it to him. I had, I have nerd friends that I love Malifaux and I would never demo a game with them because I know it's not a game that they could play and have fun. And I think that's a problem. So we need to figure out how we can get maybe a little less of this and get a little more of this, right? And we can do that, and I'll go through it once again, how we can do that. Um, But those are some of the big things that I have issues with that are kind of causing problems in there. And I definitely have some ways we can fix that. Um, I think the biggest thing that has us probably on the right track for Malifaux as a community is using Longshanks. And I know I keep plugging it and it's not because Longshanks is kicking me any money because they don't actually, I give them money, but Longshanks records and saves and stores the data. So we can see who's winning what, what's the percentage. Now we can see what schemes are 
what schemes are being taken, which ones are getting us victory. Um, and I think something before I get into what I'm saying about that with long shanks, Clay did bring up in the chat that it is tough for newcomers, right? Because we love the complex. It's, it's a two edged, it's a two edged sword, right? Because we love the complexity of the game. Um, because if it was too much of a simple game, you could play other games that honestly probably do a better job of it. Clay mentions kill team. Um, it's, it's tough because you spend time in it and you still feel like a new player and it, and it is tough in Malifaux, but going back to it, we can use this data to see what's being played. We can see that. I think if you look at tournament games and you look at long shanks information, I think a lot of people, whether they'd like to admit it or not, are defaulting to easier masters that are more consistent and sturdier. You're looking at things like Hoffman. You're looking at stuff like put whatever master you want in there for Bayou. It'd be Kin with Ophelia uh, is a typically good one. Sturdy, consistent, draws cards. Um, not as complex in a lot of situations until you get Ophelia 2 which I think those titles boosted up the complexity of the game even more. I think I actually thought Malifaux was in a really good spot until those titles got released. And then the power and the complexity got raised even higher with a lot of those keywords. And unfortunately we start to see that when you do that, you have masters who aren't even being brought. Like you can see in the data for Longshanks, there's masters like Wong who will never see the table. Rasputina doesn't see the table very often. Asami, does see it but sometimes not um there's just masters that when you have better crews and the complexity kind of goes up in the game a lot of times you just have to go with the better crew it's going to win you more games um titles were probably a mistake i think it was something that got them cash for you know a year and a half two years like they're getting consistent cash flow on these title boxes and they're cool it's a cool idea but there's no way they could spend enough time balancing those titles against everything in the faction. It's just no way it could happen. Um, but we need to use not just feelings, right? Because I can sit here and go like, you know, I feel like explorers are broken and I did that. And I was probably one of the people that led to them getting nerfed because I said it so much. We have to, now we have to use this kind of data to be like, Okay, what are we seeing? What are we not seeing? Okay, people aren't bringing this strategy because it's kind of clunky and complex, or sorry, this scheme. Um, we see people not bringing, you know, this master or this title. Why do we not see them bringing it? Why is this master and this title working? Um, and I, I think that's something we need to use Longshanks more for. We need to kind of look at win losses and we have to look at what models are being brought. And then from there, we can try to evaluate, okay, what is kind of being brought too much and what's not being brought at all. Um, so long chains can help with this. It's not going to be the alone issue in kind of solving this. I think getting into the portion now where we're talking about kind of fixing this, because I think the big thing that we can do first is to reduce the amount of models that we're seeing in the freaking game. And the good news is Malifaux has a mechanic to do this. It's similar to what Magic does with Standard, right? Where you have rotations. And, you know, people don't like seeing their set in Magic get rotated out when they're playing Standard. They don't like seeing cards that they're like, oh, this was so good. And then all of a sudden, okay, well, it's gone. 
However, it makes the game easier to balance. It keeps it interesting. It keeps it fresh. It puts, you know, somebody's going to have their time in the sun. There's going to be a type, you know, and in, in magic, there were times where mono red was super good. There's times where control's good. There's times where big stompy monsters are good in, in magic. And there's combos of that. And that's what makes magic very interesting to a lot of players. Malifaux can have that. And I think we need to do something about that. We need to have a standard in Malifaux for competitive play specifically. Now, obviously, you can play whatever you want at home. I can sit here and drink a beer with Nick and we can, you know, play 100 points of Malifaux if we want. But Malifaux has Dead Man's Hand. I think Dead Man's Hand should be the way we rotate stuff out for competitive play. I think the models aren't, I know it's Dead Man's Hand, but they're not necessarily dead. And I think the problem they fell into is they made that story centered as opposed to competitive, you know, we need to just, we need to take the story away from Dead Man's Hand. We need to say, this isn't a story driven, get you out of the game. This is something where it's like, we feel like something's too powerful or maybe it's not being played because it sucks. We're going to rotate it out and let's try to, I mean, you, I think Malifaux would be in a better spot if we cut out 50% of these models, not killing them, dead man handing them saying, why not for competitive play for your faction, you can play X, Y, and Z master. There's different ways you can do this. War Machine used to have seasons where it was like you got extra benefits if you played these four masters in a tournament only. So you couldn't play the other ones. But if you played these ones, you got an extra benefit in the tournament. I forget what it was, um, but they had they had different you know benefits for that. Um, I don't think that's what we want to do in Malifaux. I think we just, we just want to use Dead Man's Hand. I think we want to be like, cool, there are now how many ever keywords, right? Let's go ahead and cut that down to five. Let's just say these are the five masters that you can play in a standard Dead Man's Hand competitive play tournament. You can go ahead and use any of those five you want, but the rest of them are Dead Man. And they could give it an explanation. I wouldn't even do it. I mean, honestly, as a developer and as somebody in the company, I would just do it, just be like, hey, when we do this, it's because there's something we need to look at or there's something that needs to be tweaked. And we don't think it's good for the state of the game. Um, we think it's too powerful in this season. Um, so yeah, in this gaining grounds, I should say. So I think Dead Man's Hand is would be a very easy answer. You can still sell your models. You can still release your models. But for competitive play, this is your selection pool. And I think people, a lot of times when they see that, they look, oh, you're restricting. You know, I can't be as creative with my list building. I think actually sometimes restrictions add more creativity to list building. Uh, look at uh, X-Wing. X-Wing has their different modes where it's like, oh, in this mode, you can't bring these ships. And they did that because not everybody has access to some of those ships and the way they were released, whatever BS you know they want to give for that. But it, it actually makes you be more creative because like I'm limited. I can't add all the cool bells and whistles like I usually would. Now I have to say, okay, well, I I can't bring, you know, Bo Peep. She's in Dead Man's Hand right now. That would make Bayou so much more interesting if Bo Peep wasn't available. Yeah, Bo Peep's super good and you see her in almost all the Bayou lists. That's boring. That's not interesting. That's not complex. So I think some of those staples put them in dead man's hand, 
open up the creativity to have people figure out what else can I bring, right? I mean, think about it if Wong is all of a sudden, let's say they tweak him a little bit and then they rotate him back in. Think about how more, much more interesting that is to see him in a tournament because there's something that he does that normally people wouldn't look twice at because they just didn't want to spend the time doing it. But I'm telling you, when you restrict, that adds to creativity and that adds the ability to come up with some deeper combos and some things in the well. I understand it sucks when you buy these models and you can't play them in a tournament. I'm sure some people feel that way about the puppets with Kaloti. I'm sure some people feel that way about whatever the robot spider dude is. Um, <laughs> I get it. And you don't have to run a standard tournament. There's some people, and I don't want to fracture the community. I don't want to say, okay, this is a standard tournament. Oh, I hate standard. I'm not going to do it because I want to play my dead man hand thing. I think you need to make that hard decision. I think for the state of the game and for balancing for competitive play and re realize that's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about, you know, funsies. I'm not talking about fun Christmas themed tournaments. I'm talking about when we go to a con and we want to play in a, comp in a competitive event, we want to see how does the best player, you know, match up against the best player. I want things to be balanced as closely as possible. There should only be roughly you shouldn't see factions winning more than 60% of the games they're played in, or sorry, not in this case, masters, right? So I shouldn't see a higher than 60% win rate. If I do, something needs to be tweaked, brought down. Same thing. I shouldn't see people or masters that are below a 35% win rate, roughly. If you start getting below 35, it's like, okay, this is a weak master. This is something that needs to be adjusted. And that's where you can use your errata and your fact to fix those issues. Um, that's how you can better identify those issues, right? So I think dead man's hand is really being under, underused. I I would actually prefer to see half the masters just for tournaments be like, this is a dead man hand tournament. It means you can't use anybody that's in dead man's hand. So you have these five masters from your faction to select. So... I, th I think that's what we need to do because I don't want it to get to a point where we have to do a hard reset. I don't want it to get to a point where it's like, okay, fourth edition, we're killing off this faction or this edition, we're going to go ahead and these three keywords you're never going to see again. Because I think that was the bad thing about Dead Man Hand as it, as it currently stands is that they have these keywords that are in there and nobody knows if they're ever coming out. So people that love Kalodi, you don't know if you're ever going to see him again. As far as being able to play him in a tournament, that actually means anything. So I think as a turn, as a competitive environment, we need to say, this is what we want our competitive scene to be. Yes, you can throw whatever tournament you want. You can use whatever custom rules you want. That's up to you and your community. But as a macro community, we want to see this. We want to see it balanced. We want to see it competitive. And then when it's ready to come out where it's like, okay, this is getting really strong. We're going to put it in dead man hand for a while. Okay, let's take this out. We've adjusted it. Here's some of the new rules and go to town. And think about how much excitement that's going to create when your master that you love gets taken out of dead man, dead man's hand. Think about how happy you're going to be when something that is super OP, like, I don't know, Hoffman too. Hoffman 2 is not OP. It's just really good. But think about how happy people would be where it's like, oh, thank goodness. I don't have to see that in a tournament. 
Uh, I think the last three events I've been to, I've seen a ton of Hoffman too, just sprinkled throughout the tournament. And it's just, because you can see him in two factions. So you see him all a freaking dime. And it just, I think it opens things up to really have a more limited standard-like environment for Malifaux. So that's one of the things where I think we're really underutilizing Dead, Man, Dead Man's Hand. And I think Malifaux and Weird can do a better job on saying, hey, here's what we want to do for organized play. We want it to look like this. We want it to be balanced. We want it to be competitive. I don't think that can happen, though, until a fourth edition. Like, they have to reset, I think, at that point. They need to say, here's what for competitive play now, not just funsies. For our organized play document, these are the crews starting off in Dead, Man, Dead Man's Hand. Okay, you can bring these crews in a tournament that we're going to call this standard, but call it something weird because that's what Malifaux does. I think that would be way more interesting than what we currently have. I I don't like bringing my whole faction to a tournament. I think it's stupid. I think it hinders new players. I think it hinders players that are traveling to national events or world events. I think it's dumb. I think it limits you to like, uh, these are the best things. I'm only going to bring those. So I think we can adjust that and make that better. And I don't think it would be something impossible. I think we have the tools to do it in the community. Um, the other thing is reducing just rules in general. I already kind of hinted at it with comparing a card like this to a card like this. And you can see there's more stuff on the back. There's triggers. This is it for this card. Same thing when I look at Guild Ball. This is it. Right, that, some stuff that it does, that's it. So anytime we have a bigger card, it, it just usually is more complicated. That's why when I looked at these cards for Age of Sigmar and I saw some of the bigger models, right? I'm like, that's too much. <laughs> that model's got too much things going on. I know I'm going to be sitting there for 10 minutes while they figure out what their own model does. Reducing the rules, not just on the cards, but the rule book. War Machine did this when they went to a different um, edition. I think it was from three to four. Sounds right. And basically, they got rid of some of the things like I can't remember what they did with tosses and knockdowns and stuff, but they they, they fixed it and you know made it simpler and they made it where you could pre-measure, took some of the guessing out. Um, reduce the amount of rules. And I just want to point to a game like Guild Ball. Once again, I think the best game so far competitively. I think if you want to build a competitive game, this is the game you build after because this game was so tight and so good in competitive play. As a TO, I think I can count on one hand how many times I had to go to a table playing or running a Guild Ball tournament. And I ran dozens of them. And I played in dozens of them. And very rarely did we have to break out the rule book because you get into it. And I'm just going to pull this up real quick. So it starts on page nine. Okay. And then it ends at page 22, I think. Let me go through it real quick. 28. Okay. So less than, what, 20 pages of rules? And look, it's not small print. Like, and it's, easily easily put out there you can easily see what's going on right the game's easy because it's so concise and so tight but you get into games like i mean you get into like hordes and war machine 
where you have, I mean, this is all just describing knockdown, like how you knock somebody down. And this is describing falling, what happens when you fall. Okay, here's what happens when you do this combined range attack, right? And then you get into an actual model and you're like, cool, now here's all these extra rules for these models and it's too much. Like if you're looking for a competitive game, you can spend so much time looking it up in a rule book like this. And Malifaux is not much different than this. I mean, the rule book's not quite that fat, but this is a ton of fluff. But it's not this either. Like, I'd say 80% of this is just models and fluff. Like, not models, but, you know, backstories, fluff, and kind of what each individual model does on their card. Um, and I'm telling you, Malifaux has a lot of complexity, rules, abilities, actions, conditions, markers that make the game overly complicated. I think, like I said, the conditions can be reduced. Um, some of them, like, I think stunned should just go away. Uh, I think putting something out there that makes it where you can't do the things you want to do that hard with one ability or one uh, condition, not a fan of it. Um, so, that is what it is. And honestly, a lot of those conditions, I think you could probably just cook them into an action. You could probably just say this action reduces your movement by two till the end of the phase. Um, instead of just having some of these conditions, which it's, it's fine. But anytime you got to track conditions, that's a new thing that just, you got to keep track of, um, as, as opposed to being like, cool, this happens. All right. You're on fire. Take an extra point of damage you're on fire till the end of the turn. Um, and there's probably a more intricate way to do that where it's not as clunky. I just, I don't know what that is at, at this moment. Uh, I think abilities should be pretty streamlined. I don't think there should be a ton of unique abilities. And I know Malifaux worked on this, but it feels like they've gotten it back up where there's a lot more individual abilities and actions now. I think that should be pretty streamlined. Um, there can be something that's faction specific, but when you start getting model specific and you think how many we say 700 models in the game. So now let's, let's just say it's every other model. Let's not say it's every model. That means that you have 300 specific rules now that people don't have any idea what you're doing. If I look at, once again, going back to Guild ball, the, the captains a lot of times would have specific abilities and there would be specific plays that you could do. But when you looked at like your average person, okay, a lot of these were the same in the game. There might be one or two things that were specific to that character, which was cool. But once again, we're talking about a way smaller model count. We're talking about like 160 versus 700 models. So that, that number needs to come down. Um, and it'll come down naturally if we do dead, man, dead Man's Hand for balancing purposes. But as far as just the main game itself needs to be, it, it needs to be streamlined, but it's tough because people love Malifaux because it's complex. But it needs to be, I'm sorry, it needs to be less complex. If we're going to grow the game, which just think of it this way. If you are one of those people that love a complex game, how much are you going to love that game when it's not being played? When you have nobody to play this game with you, are you still going to love that it's complex? 
are you still going to love it? Because like, oh, I like thinking about it. I can play with this guy who lives in Russia. No, you're going to be happy playing it with a large group, a large community. And the complexity is cool, but you need to have a game that can bring in newer players. This is the problem going back to Warhammer Fantasy, not Age of Sigmar. Back when it was, you know, Warhammer Fantasy, like whatever battle lines, whatever it's called. I love that game. I love the maneuvers. I love the formations. I love the flanks, the rear charges. I loved um, the adding up who won the combats. I like the guess weapons. I There was a ton in that game that I liked. It was a complex game. That game was dead. The only people that were still playing it were people that have been playing it for years. It was hard to get new players into it. There was a lot going on and there was stuff that was not balanced. They had to kill off the... And this is something I told you at the beginning, I alluded to, I hated Warhammer and Age of Sigmar for a long time. But as I start thinking about balance in the game, I realized that it doesn't matter how much you love the way a game plays if nobody else can come in and play it. It doesn't matter, you know, if the company, you know, can't make any money off of it. It doesn't matter. So they had to kill off the entire environment, the entire world. And they said, we need to simplify this. So they went from comparing weapon skill to weapon skill. They went from comparing strength to toughness and then a chart on how you hit and how you wound and then a chart on what your armor save was and then a chart on who won. And they reduced it to a card where it's like, this is what I always need to hit. This is what I always need to wound. It's simple. And at first I hated it. I did. I was like, this is stupid because I love the complexity, right? But then I started playing, and this is just recently, like probably picked up these ogres probably within the last month. And I realized that it's not it's not going to be a tight game and it's not going to be perfect. But it's a fun game. It is. And it kills me to say because I hated Games Workshop for a long time. I still don't like them because I think... You know, they're just obviously trying to make money, which is fine. You just have to recognize it for what it is. But you have to go from that side of the scale to be like, hey, we want to get new players in. It's fun. We're rolling dice. Stuff's dying. But then you go to the extreme end of the competitive play, and that's where you have Guild Ball. Guild Ball was so competitive. It had a tight rule set. It was super clean. And it was so competitive that that killed off the game. It was hard to get new players in because they were getting smashed by people who were just too damn good at the game. They basically, Guild Ball got so bad that you could look at a way a person played and say that was the wrong activation or that was the wrong counterattack or that was the wrong thing to do. It was getting very close to like a chest-like environment, which isn't good either. So in Malifo, we need to do the same. We need to think about how are we going to fix this? And how are we going to make it a game that people love playing, that's fun, can be competitive? Maybe it's not going to be perfect, but it's where we can live in and where we can enjoy the game and where we can invite new players in. And I think just going back to it, just seeing people scale down the rules is becoming pretty popular in a lot of these games. We're getting away from these complex like 1980, 1990 tabletop and board games. We have to sit there and read, you know, a manual 
forever to figure out, okay, well, how do we start the game? Whereas you can simplify a game, still make it interesting, but you have to get rid of some of the junk. Um, and in Malifaux, I feel like a lot of that is in, I think the terrain, whereas the terrain is cool. I think the terrain makes the game clunky at times. I think some of the interactions with terrain are silly. Um, it is cool, but some of it is silly. I think also just once again, the way the rules interact with each other, not only do I have to check my card, I have to check, okay, well, what does that mean in the rules? Okay, what happens in this timing? I think the timing in Malifaux can be super clunky. Um, and I think that's where we have a lot of disagreements is, well, mine says here and yours says there, how do we resolve this? And then you sit there and kind of argue it for a little bit. And depending on which meta you're in, that can be different. Whereas you can clean that up a lot. Um, and a lot of it starts on the card. Uh, and I think the last thing is just limiting organized play, your tournaments. So not only being like, we're going to play dead, man, dead Man's Hand, that means that you can't play X Masters and X Models, but also alluded this with Nick when I was talking with him onwards or beforehand. Clocks can make a difference in every competitive tournament that I've played. And this is where it's been tight and been good. It's been with a clock. Uh, War Machine and Guild Ball have been really good with that. And it's made the competitive play experience more enjoyable. Games got finished. Games points were counted. Somebody won, somebody lost. I don't know. Malifaux would need to gear towards the idea of a clock. They would need to simplify. Right now, it's so complex. It's so hard to introduce a clock. There's so much kickback from it that even if I want to, I have to sit there and be like, well, if I use a clock in Malifaux, how would I do it in this situation? How would I do it in that one? And then how are we going to do points at the end of it? And are we going to punish people with the clock? Are we going like, what are you going to do with it? And that's the thing that really drives me nuts about it is you have to have something in mind with how do we want the clock used to, to benefit competitive play? Obviously you're not going to use it with casual. So that's something that I think the development team needs to think about. Like, Hey, our competitive games are not finishing. That's a problem with Malifaux. It's not, you're not getting games done. I'm sorry. Like, unless you're smashing your opponent or unless you're both just on it and you know exactly what you're doing, I'd say 40% of Malifaux games in a tournament aren't getting to turn five. And that is sad. I think playing Guild War Machine, it always finished. It was death clock. Like, you ran out of time, you lost. Guild Ball, I think there's only one game I can ever think of Guild Ball where it ended in a tie. And that was because of some minuscule rule that both something happened. Both were out of time and both something happened. Only game I've ever seen in an end in a tie once clock was introduced. I'm sorry for people in Malifaux that disagree with this. I hate the tie system in Malifaux. I think there should be a winner. There should be a loser. I think that if we can't, if we both score the same points, there should be a secondary VP and a third, a tertiary VP. So if we score the same points for, you know, strats and schemes. Okay, next tiebreaker. Uh, 
who killed most? Okay. Uh, we both tied there. Okay. How about um, time on clock? How much time you got left on your clock? So there's ways you can do it. Um, I, I hate ties so much. It's just, I, I hate playing a game for three hours and be like, oh, well, we both win. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I want to know that I, I won or you won. And I'm not going to be madder if I lose, but I want to know that I lost. I don't want to be like, man, this is a draw. Like, can't we do, can we play another turn? Can we go into overtime? Like, what are we doing? And if you don't agree with me, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of, if you can't tell I'm a sports dude, right? I want to know who won and who lost. Like when the NFL in the regular season, when they go into overtime, they're like, oh, well, we tied. I mean, at least they went into overtime there, but still tie, ties are lame. I'm sorry. If, if you don't agree with that, I don't care, but <laughs> ties are so lame. Uh, and it's the, it's the only game I've played on tabletop where ties are pretty like, just think about it. If you're playing somebody of the same caliber and you just go off of strats and schemes, you're going to see a lot of ties. There's a, I mean, I'm sure the UK, I haven't looked at the UK Nats uh, standings, but I'm sure there were a crap ton of ties. I'm sure that people, you know, tied a bunch and there were some people at the top who were like, you know, three, one and one or three, oh, and two. I think Nick at Houston had like five ties. I mean, right, Nick, I think you just got five ties the whole time just because you didn't want to lose. Then you just agreed with his opponents. But the point is that needs to get fit. The, the organized play, if we are going to be a competitive game, if we are going to have a game that we want to be um, maybe not tournament centered, but if that's a big part of it, which I think Malifaux it is. I think Malifaux is one of those games where you have competitive play. You have your weekly meetup where, you know, yeah, you have some people there for funsies, but that's kind of your tournament players getting their reps, which is bad in some cases. You got to watch out for that. And then you have your hobbyists. I think we have a good mixture of all those in Malifaux, but when it comes to tournaments, it's, it's mostly competitive. I've, I have, I've been to a few Malifaux tournaments where it's been like, Oh, we're just here having fun and who cares, you know, who wins. And uh, it's like, no, people are going there to win. They're bringing good stuff and it's competitive. Even the players that aren't necessarily at the high end of it, they still want to play. They still want to win. They still want to figure out their crew so they can win in the future. Um, like I said, I think very few Malifaux players aren't being competitive. I think a lot of them that are going to these tournaments are for competitive play. So we need to fix that. So that's kind of my three things on how we can fix Malifaux, maybe gearing towards, you know, gearing towards it. But going back to organized play, I do want to focus once again on the limited build. There's a lot of, if you haven't played other games, because if you've only played Malifaux, this might be foreign to you because you're just used to bringing your whole bag of crap. But in War Machine, you could only bring two lists, right? You could select two masters and um, whatever the heck they're called in in there, Warlords, I think. And you had the list pre-built. You had kind of a bench that you could pull models from um, and switch out just to, in case you had a bad matchup. Um, in Age of Sigmar and 40K, I believe it's still one list. I don't think that's changed. You have to bring a, you know, uh, a basically take on all, all your, you know, 
people you're going to face, you have to have a list that can take on all comers. So that's tough. I've, I've, ne I don't think I've ever won. I finished pretty well in a lot of Warhammer Fantasy and 40k tournaments. I've never won though, just because it is so tough. Like you do have to kind of chase the dragon and play the sick stuff, um, because otherwise you're playing kind of you're you're almost taking a couple steps back and putting yourself at a handicap. Uh, just like if I play ogres, they're not the most OP thing. So I can do well, but when I get to a player of equal caliber and they're playing the good thing, uh, they're still going to win. Oh, probably nine out of 10 times if, if all other things are equal. So, and then we get into games like Guild Ball. Um, you had your whole faction. And... It was just, like I said, a lot less models. So I kind of knew what to expect when I was looking at your faction, right? But we have, like, there are so many crews and there's so many masters. It's like, why are we doing this? Like, why are we opening this up to say, bring whatever the heck you want? And I get the complexity and people that, you know, love that part are going to probably, you know, skewer me over this, which is fine. We can be, we have different opinions. You're wrong, but that's okay. But... <laughs> For the health of the game, we can't keep doing this bring your whole bag tournament play. It's not going to grow the game. It's not going to be fun for new players. And I, I wouldn't even be opposed to, all right, wait, which two masters are you bringing for this tournament? Put them down on the sheet. That way, when a player, you go there, there's not, that's a crazy thing about Malifaux. There's not even like a list exchange, right? You can see it in there once they select it. But there's something to be said to looking at, here's what you can take, here's what I can take. And as a newer player, I can look at that and I can make some observations and at least feel like I have a chance. But how many times do you get that newer player who's like, okay, I'm playing Outcast, <sighs> newer player. It's like, I don't even know. I know maybe one master out of that faction and you're telling me you're playing Outcast. <laughs> And then they declare their master and the outcast player is like, oh, cool. I know exactly what that does. I'm going to bring Von Schill and metal fist you. It's like, this is so stupid. It's, it's not, it's not good for new players and it's not good for a healthy environment. We really need to change it. Um, I think Weird did an okay job giving options for organized play. Because now they have, you know, you can do bands and stuff, which is fine. But once again, if you're a newer player, that doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean anything. You still have to be like, okay, he's taking this whole faction. Bands are useless to new players because if I don't know what the other keywords do, how am I supposed to pick an effective band? Malifaux right now is so geared for the seasoned player who, you know, knows their stuff. And it's, it's just grinding out. It's hard to keep it fresh. Think how fresh, once again, it would be going back to my dead man hand rotation, like standard for magic. Think about how fresh that keeps the game when it's like these three masters for Bayou are out. These three masters for Bayou are in. We'll keep two of these, you know, we'll keep two of them there, whatever. I, I know the numbers don't fit exactly there, and that's fine. Also, I don't know why I didn't mention this earlier. I'm tired of models that, new models that do the same thing that other models do, uh, but maybe they do it better. And I keep thinking about that with Angler and Maw Tucket. 
I'm like, Angler kind of does the same thing Maw does. So now am I not going to play Maw because Angler is just better at it? And I don't know if that's the case, but that's something I worry about with these new keywords coming out and new models that get released in the future is you're just replacing keywords. And, you know, if we had this dead man hand situation going on, we could rotate Angler out, bring Maw back in. And then when Maw kind of sees her time and is like, okay, Maw really needs to go away. She's creating a problem. Like, okay, Maw gets dead man, Angler comes out. So a rotation would be beneficial. Let me know what y'all think. Uh, these are just some ideas that I had. I was thinking about doing this Thanksgiving episode, which I am thankful for Malifaux, but there is a cautionary tale here. And if you haven't heard me talk about Guild Ball, which I don't bring it up too often. I think in the last three episodes, I've mentioned it a little bit more just because it pertained to it. But Guild Ball was the best competitive game. I don't care who you are. I don't care which game you love. Guild Ball was better. I love Malifaux, but tournament play, Guild Ball smoked it. That game's gone. The company killed it off. It wasn't making as much money as they needed. And that was the most competitive game. So we can't go full like Guild Ball because there is truth to that, where if you have the most competitive things, it's going to prevent, it's going to prevent you from making sure the game's growing in a healthy way because Guild Ball had the same problem I think Malifaux is having right now where new players do not have a good time of it. New players are having a hard time grasping the game quickly enough and getting reps before they're getting beat down by seasoned players. And the game being cool can only bring a player so far if they're playing in tournaments. The other problem Guild Ball has that I know Malifaux has is it gets so repetitive when you grind out games especially can we get away from tournaments that show us the pool like i I know i was talking with edic about this and he was like well if you're traveling it's better because you don't have to bring your whole bag and i'm a fan of not showing the strats and schemes until day of and be like too bad i'm not like until i until i have you know, whoever your masters are, you have to lock into them. And then I'm going to give you your tournament packet once I have everybody. And I know some games like Warhammer and, you know, other games in the past, I think they've changed now. They would do it where they wouldn't even show you what it was until you got at the table. So then you had to kind of digest how to get your victory points throughout that. And I get Malifaux is a little more complex and that might be asking too much. Um, but it's just tournaments need to change. If we're going to have a good balance for Malifaux where the game's balanced, we have, you know, because I think when we get to, even in tournaments, even if you're the better player, it shouldn't be a complete blowout. There should still be something in that game that that new player can do. If you're able to just shut them out eight zero, it's kind of a problem if it's consistently happening. And I feel like right now, we're either in Malifaux in this tie, kind of like, hey, we're getting close to tie or we are tying, or the good players are blowing out the bad players. Um, and I, I think there's a better way to balance that. And I, like I said, I'm not a dev. I don't know what it is. These are just observations, and I'm just comparing it to other games that I've played. And I know that there are positives and know that there are negatives to 
different ways that um, we do things. But once again, there's just to kind of summarize this all. Tournaments need to be tightened up. That can be clock. That can be reducing, limiting. That can be dead man hand. So you can only bring X amount of masters. That can be, you'll have to select two masters and you're stuck with them the whole time, the whole tournament. I would be a fan of that. But like I said, reducing the model size. We have 700 models in this game. I'm telling you, other games have had that problem. War Machine's not really game really anymore. They're trying to bring it back. And some people are breathing life back into it. But War Machine was dead there for a while. They just had too many, too many models. Um, so we need to fix that. Like I said, Dead Man's Hand, I feel like, is the answer that we need to use. And I think rotating like magic, because think about magic, right? Magic has hundreds of thousands of cards. Think about how crazy standard would be if they had to balance all of that. Think about how crazy, you know, modern is and some of the combos for commander. Think about how crazy those are if you know magic. It's nuts. I have used to play it. I stopped playing it probably about six months ago. Now, think about how crazy that would be to balance. We're doing that right now with Malifo. We have everything in the history of the game and we're trying to balance it against each other. Let's simplify it. There's simple does not mean worse. I think that's something that Malifo players struggle with. They're like, oh, I love the complexity. I love that you can do this. Yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But simple doesn't mean worse. And we don't have to simplify it everywhere. Got to simplify it somewhere. I'm telling you, just like Clay said in the chat here, it's so hard for new players. Like it's been over a year and Clay, you know, still feels like a newbie. So you're telling me a year, I've been going to the store to get a game or two games. Well, let's be honest. It's one game. Malifo, it's a skirmish game and it takes freaking forever to play. That's stupid. That is stupid. The fact that I have seven models and it takes me three to four hours to play a game is stupid. Okay, a skirmish game. Like, look at, if you played Shadespire, if you played Guild Ball, like Guild Ball, man, I'm telling you, you had 60 minutes. Like, So in two hours, game was completed, wrap it up. Shadespire, probably way less than that. Don't mind Slack. <laughs> but anyways, the it has to get simpler. We're not finishing games and tournaments. And the game is built on getting points in turn two through four. And you can't score. If you don't get to turn five, you're missing out on points. Doesn't matter which turn you finish on. You're missing out on some points because you didn't get to the end of the game. So we need to fix that. And we need our new players to feel like they can be competitive quicker in this game. If they don't feel competitive after playing at the game shop for a year, we need to fix something. Weird needs to fix something. And if they don't, then maybe they're just a game. Maybe they're just a model company. Maybe they're just selling us models and they don't care about the competitive scene. I don't think that's the case. I mean, I think they spend a lot of time. And, you know, I, I saw that they are trying to hire a new dev. So maybe they're shaking things up. Maybe they're trying to bring new blood in to try and fix some things. I don't know. But I am grateful for the game because it is a fun game. 
There are a lot of beautiful interactions to it. Thanks, Nick. Nick said they lost the dev, so they're replacing them. Um, and this is a complex and interesting game. The grind is real with this game, though, because you have to keep in mind there's not that many keywords. So yes, there's a lot of models, but there's not that many masters. So we need to do something to freshen the game up where me grinding out the same strats isn't going to get repetitive with me doing it with Ulix every time. And Malfo does a decent job of mixing that up. Better than some games. But it does get stale. And I think it's because there's some times where I can look at a matchup that I picked my master to go into and see like, oh, crap, they dropped Nelly. I have no answer for this. And it's always bad when you drop and you know you probably lost. Like you're fighting to draw at that point. We need to get away from that. We need to get to a point where we can pick any master and we have a chance to win. And I don't know what that looks like, but I'm telling you as a War Machine player, that was a case sometimes where you dropped and you're like, ah, I'm going to lose this. Uh, there's been times like that in Warhammer and each of those companies, they found a way to address it or they've kind of declined. So I think Malifaux needs to address these concerns. Otherwise they're going to decline and people are going to stop playing their game. And I think we've identified some issues, not only on this podcast, I think a lot of people have talked about this stuff and it, it's going to, they're going to need to talk about it and they're going to need to start creeping into a um, fourth edition. Um, I mean, we've been in this edition now going close to three, what, three and a half years. And three and a half years is a little quick for a new edition. Some games go quicker than that. Um, some games will do, you know, every year and a half, two years. I've seen other games go four. Four is a little, I think, unless you're in games workshop territory, four is uh, a little too long for a game. I think Malifaux probably is due. And some of the things that we address need to be, or sorry, some of the stuff we talked about need to be addressed um, to balance it out competitively. I think as a casual game, it's fine. Like if I want to sit here and play a game for six hours, yeah, that's fine. Not going to hurt anything. But I'm, and we can't track this stat because it's not in Longshanks. It's not in, you know, other games. We don't track how many turns you got to. But I'm telling you just from feels out of all the events I've been to, it's got to be like something crazy, like 40% of the games aren't getting finished, if not higher. There's some tournaments where I feel like it's half the games. And that's a problem because let's see here in Houston, I played five rounds and I didn't finish. What was that game? I didn't finish two, two, two out of my five rounds. I didn't finish. One was my fault. And the second one was kind of both our faults. Um, I feel just like slow play and, you know, not knowing some stuff. Um, one was my fault though, just cause I didn't know the keyword, like as well, I didn't have the reps into it. So, I mean, yeah, it's two out of five games. Whereas if I limit the number of masters I can play, that means I'm going to be more skilled with those masters to then drop in tournaments. 
So finish more games. People are familiar. It's tough. Let me know what y'all think. Let me know what you think we can do to help Malifaux out, make it a stronger game uh, competitive-wise. I think fluff-wise, it's fine. I think the models are beautiful. I think um, maybe the kits are a pain in the butt to put together sometimes, but especially when you go to Age of Sigmar, like even, you know, this complex like Giant was easier to put together than, I don't know, maybe the Swine Cursed, right? So... The game's fine. I think if we're going to grow it, though, which honestly, I think competitive play grows your game. I think people playing in the store, people playing tournaments grows your game. And if people start leaving your game because it's like, you know, this is getting stale. You know, it's it's kind of like I'm only playing this master because they're the good one. You know, I don't want to buy a whole nother faction. I don't want to buy one of these new factions. Why is there a new faction coming out? Um, why is there a new keyword coming out? Yeah, it's just, it, it can create people to go to other games. And even then, I'm not, like, I'm playing Age of Sigmar. I'm not playing that as, like, a replacement for Malifaux. I'm playing it to take a break from Malifaux. Um, and... I don't even think my break is the same as everybody else's because I'm still putting out content. I still like talking Malifaux um, and I still like playing Malifaux when I can get a game. But I think Malifaux, it's hard to find a store that plays it. I think unless you're in one of those big metas, obviously Texas got it pretty good right now. It's hard to find a store. I had a guy up in uh, the northern part of South Carolina was like, hey, you know, where you at? Where do people play Malifaux? It's like, man, I mean. There's some people that play in Greenville. That's kind of what I got. Whereas Age of Sigmar, I could go to almost any store, even in my, even in Charleston, and there are people playing it. And it's just because it's, it's easy. Yes, it's a larger game, um, but it's just, it's consistent, right? They know what it is. They know how to tweak it enough to make it, you know, malleable. And um, yeah. I think Malifaux needs to do the same thing. They need to recognize how do we make this more friendly for new players? And for the love of Pete, why is there not a starter box? I realize they they put, you know, they did that once, you know, what, second edition maybe? But with the new edition, you should have a starter box. It's like, come on. Like, it's the easiest way to get people into the game. It's the easiest way to explain the rules at their base level. The the starter box is also is great for people growing communities because I now have a starter with everything I need to teach somebody the game and starter scenarios. Right now, Weird has us out in the middle of, you know, the ocean being like, oh, you know, do we do henchman hardcore as a, I don't know. Um, how do you teach people the game in Malifaux? I've had this conversation with people. I still don't know a great way to teach the game. Um, thank God that, you know, I haven't had to give demos for Malifaux because I don't know how to do it. I, I think the couple of times I've taught the game to people, I've done a master. I basically done a, one of those boxes, one of the crew boxes. So let's run at each other. D- ignored most of the abilities, just focused on attacks. It would be so much nicer if Weird had something set up uh, that we could use to run demos. Something that was proven to grow them, some kind of 
starter scenario, some kind of model count, easy models to put together, you know, snap together, something easy. So let me know what y'all think in balancing this dang game out so we can keep playing it, um, keep growing it. Because if you, you know, if you're not crying, you're dying. So if we don't have new players in there, you know, loving the game and learning it, the game's going to die. Um, if you don't have something to freshen it up, like a dead man's hand, you're going to have old people leave. So not only that, you're not getting new players, but then you're going to start losing old players. So you're going to have this exodus here and you have nobody coming in to fill that spot because naturally you're going to lose players. You're going to have old players that get tired of the game, old players that stop gaming because, you know, people grow up, people, you know, have kids, people get bored of it. And like, why am I doing this? Uh, people stop spending money on it and you lose people. So you need new people coming in. You need new blood. And if you don't have a game that is friendly to new players, nighty night, nighty night. So go ahead and put it in the comments, go ahead and, you know, on Twitter, discord, let me know what y'all think about this. Um, I thank the, uh, two patrons that we had come in, Nick and Glay had some good comments on the side. Um, and yeah, it was great talking with them. And I, I'm sorry you only heard my voice, but like I said, getting geared up for Thanksgiving, it's hard to get people together. And I wanted to release something to thank everybody for the support. Love the Malifaux community. I think we can make this cleaner. I think we can, you know, call it a little bit. Uh, my brother has a sheep farm and he talks about calling the herd. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's basically killing off sheep to make room for, you know, new sheep. <laughs> so I think we can call some of these models and, you know, get, you know, we don't have to kill them off permanently. Like I said, dead man's hand is there. I think a lot of people have been begging for that to be used. And I think we need to use it. I think if we want to keep this game alive and great, we want to use dead man's hand to get, not be at 700 models. 700 models is a lot. And let's get a cleaner, uh, organized play document. And I don't, I'm not as active in organized play as somebody else who should do this, but I almost feel like if weird isn't going to take these steps, I think we as a community need to do it to promote a healthier, um, version of the game. So like I said, let me know what you think. I appreciate everybody listening, uh, and kind of hearing my little, old gamer old rule book kind of perspective of it and uh yeah till next time make sure the guys are flipping cards flipping tables and we'll see you all next time <laughs>